Isaiah 40, verses 26 through 31. Lift your eyes and look. He, he who created these things leads out their army in order, summoning each of them by name. So mighty is his power, so great is his strength, that not one fails to answer. How can you say to Jacob, how can you repeat, Israel, my way is hidden from Yahweh, my rights are ignored by my God? Did you not know? Had you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God. He created the remotest parts of the earth. He does not grow tired or weary. His understanding is beyond fathoming. He gives strength to the weary. He strengthens the powerless. Youths grow tired and weary. The young stumble and fall. But those who hope in Yahweh will regain their strength. They will sprout wings like eagles. Though they run, they will not grow weary. Though they walk, they will never tire. Living the Proverbs day by day for August 15th. Today's lesson from Proverbs is Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 through 27. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. The Shepherd's Care, Psalm 71, verse 19. Your righteousness reaches heaven. God, you have done great things. God, who is like you? It's a promise that is made over and over again in the Bible. Whatever, quote, it is, God can handle it. Life isn't always easy, far from it. Sometimes life can be very, very difficult. But even then, even during our darkest moments, we are protected by a loving Father, a Heavenly Father. When we're worried, God can reassure us. When we're sad, God can comfort us. When our hearts are broken, God is not just near. He is here. So we must lift our thoughts and prayers to him. And when we do, he will answer our prayers. Why? Because he is our shepherd and he has promised to protect us now and forever. My utmost for his highest, August 15th. The Evidence of the New Birth. Our scripture comes from John chapter 3, verse 7. The answer to Nicodemus' question, how can a man be born when he is old, is only 
when he is willing to die to everything in his life, including his rights, his virtues, and his religion, and becomes willing to receive into himself a new life that he has never before experienced. This new life exhibits itself in our conscious repentance and through our unconscious holiness. Is my knowledge of Jesus the result of my own internal spiritual perception, or is it only what I have learned through listening to others? Is there something in my life that unites me with the Lord Jesus as my personal Savior? My spiritual history must have its underlying foundation, a personal knowledge of Jesus Christ. To be born again means that I see Jesus. John chapter 3, verse 3. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Am I seeking only for the evidence of God's kingdom, or am I actually recognizing his absolute sovereign control? The new birth gives me a new power of vision which I begin to, to discern God's control. Let me read that one more time. The new birth gives me a new power of vision which I begin to discern God's control. His sovereignty was all was there all the time. But with God living true to his nature, I could not see it until I received his very nature myself. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Am I seeking to stop sinning or have I actually stopped? To be born of God means that I have his supernatural power to stop sinning. The Bible never asks, should a Christian sin? The Bible emphatically states that a Christian must not sin. The work of the new birth is being effective in us when we do not commit sin. It is not merely that we have the power not to sin, but that we have actually stopped sinning. Yet 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 says, does not mean that we cannot sin. It simply means that if we will obey the life of God in us, that we don't have to sin. Refreshing Streams in the Desert for August 15th. And our scripture comes from Acts chapter 14, verse 22. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. The best things in life are the result of being wounded. Wheat must be crushed before becoming bread. And incense must be burned by fire before its fragrance is set free. The earth must be broken with a sharp plow before being ready to receive the seed. And it is a broken heart that pleases God. Yes, the sweetest joys of life are the fruits of sorrow. Human nature seems to need suffering to make it fit to be a blessing to the world. 
Beside my cottage door it grows, the loveliest, daintiest flower that blows, a sweet briar rose. At dewy morn or twilight's close, the rarest perfume from it flows, this strange, wild rose. But when the raindrops on it beat, and then its odors grow more sweet about my feet. Often with loving tenderness, its soft green leaves I gently press in sweet caress. A still more wondrous fragrance flows the more my fingers close and crush the rose. Dear Lord, oh, let my life be so its perfume with strong winds blow the sweeter flow. And should it be your blessed will with crushing grief my soul to fill, press harder still. And while its dying fragrance flows, I'll whisper low, he loves and knows his crushed briar rose. If you aspire to be a person of consolation, if you want to share the priestly gift of sympathy, if you desire to go beyond giving commonplace comfort to a heart that is tempted, and if you long to go through the daily exchanges of life with the kind of tact that never inflicts pain, then you must be prepared to pay the price for a costly education. For like Christ, you must suffer. Holiness, day by day. We can begin each day with a deeply encouraging realization. I'm accepted by God, not on the basis of my personal performance, but on the basis of the infinitely perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. August 15th. On a bad day. And our scripture comes from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ purify our conscience, <clears throat> excuse me, purify our conscience from dead works to serving the living God? What should we do when we've had a bad day spiritually, when it seems we've done everything wrong and are feeling very guilty? We must go back to the cross and see Jesus there bearing our sins in his own body. We must, by faith, appropriate for ourselves the blood of Christ that will cleanse our guilty consciences. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. In a bad day scenario, we might pray something like this. Father, I've sinned against you. I've been negligent in the spiritual disciplines that I know are necessary and helpful for my spiritual growth. I've been irritable and impatient toward those around me. I've allowed resentful and unkind thoughts to lodge in my mind. I repent of these sins and claim your forgiveness. In Romans chapter 4, verse 5, you have said you justify the wicked, Father, 
in view of my sins today, I acknowledge that in myself I am wicked. In fact, my problem is not merely the sins I've committed, some of which I may not even be aware of, but the fact that my heart is sinful. These sins I'm now so painfully conscious of are merely expressions of my sinful heart. But despite my sinfulness, sinfulness, you have said, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Given my acute awareness of my sin, that's an incredible statement. How can I be without condemnation when I've so flagrantly and willfully sinned against you today? Oh, Father, I know it's because Jesus bore those, sin, those sins in his body on the cross. He suffered the punishment I deserve so I might experience the blessings he deserved. So I come to you, dear Father, in Jesus' name.